Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle, and I play Alvin the Monstrous. Hannah. Greetings and salutations. I'm Hannah, and I play <laughs> JR the Crooked. And Tio. Well, howdy, hi, hi, hi. I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. I'm loving the energy tonight. You're <laughs> Trying something new. Ooh, I like that up, one. Mixing up a little bit. Last time, the three of you continued your espionage against the Cabal and their allies in advance of the VR unveiling. Alvin and Sarah led a doomed mission back into the mayor's office, learning the receptionist's name, but precious little else before being spotted by Moriarty and the security officer. Over for 2. No, the first one went well. Ish. Did it! Information was acquired. Anyway. Yeah. All right. JR and Pax went to the police station to confront your erstwhile ally, Chief Stoney. He was pretty guarded during the tense conversation, but you were able to learn that whatever they're scheming, being able to control the wilds of magic is part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Your personal relationship, however, did not fare as well. Constance and Georgiana headed up to Olympic Heights for the long-awaited Redescu family reunion. Leveraging the shock and awe of bringing her long-lost aunt home, Constance was able to successfully slip inside and bug her mother's purse and home office undetected. Georgiana and Magdalena, meanwhile, had a surprisingly genuine heart-to-heart, with only the minimum amount of passive aggression and ominous subtext. We are going to pick back up the next morning, actually, in the studio, but before that, Alvin, you leveled up last time thanks to uh, a series of, of unfortunate I events did. at the mayor's office. Yes. Uh, do you know what advancement you would like to take? I'm running out of improvements, Quinn, that aren't just like game over. <laughs> um, I'm just going to do plus one charm and just not have negatives anymore. You learned a valuable lesson from your interaction with Phoebe. Yes, call for appointments <laughs> and plan ahead helps helps with charm. You learned how to lobby. Yeah, step one. <laughs> I learned the first step of lobbying, which is make appointments and don't just show up. <laughs> so that brings me to plus zero charm. Heyo. Look out, world. Here I come. Uh, all right. With that, I think we can go ahead and pick back up. It was pretty late by the time we wrapped up Constance's family reunion. Y'all accomplished quite a lot in that day, and so I think we're going to pick back up the next morning back in the studio. Quinn, does this mean we've also healed a harm because it's overnight? Yes, and actually, thank you for the reminder, JR. Thanks to Constance's infirmary, as well as the assistance being provided by Pax and Mr. Blue, y'all can heal two harm. Yay! Woo! Didn't Constance still have to bug the house, or did we actually resolve that? I did that. She bugged the house. We still need to resolve the results what? of that bugging. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh right, okay, right, okay. right. That's right, that's right. We didn't roll to see what you learned. Yes. That's right. Okay. So that can be first up on the docket if you all want. I don't know if you want to have any sort of uh, debrief with the Daylight Society, but uh, we can certainly take care of that first, more or less. I think Alvin is pretty brief on the details of their rendezvous at the mayor's office <laughs> no need to d that brief it's hey, been listen debriefed. you know no questions needed we went there it's it's uh buttoned up it's buttoned up tighter than a d- uh oh no <laughs> uh <laughs> did you trip into a metaphor you can't I finish tripped into a metaphor that i don't have an, that don't have a finish for uh <laughs> buttoned up tighter than a flannel over six other flannels no that's not very good <laughs> Then a flannel over your fur? Then a, That's then why my, you use then, Manscaped? Then my- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, think, I think as you say that, Alvin, Eve walks in from outside. I think she was out uh, having a smoke. And she comes in and drops the Firmament Daily Herald right on the table where you all are gathered and says, well, not quite buttoned up. And you see on the front page a picture, actually a spread, several pictures <laughs> Of you and Sarah. There is a picture of you fleeing from City Hall. There is a picture of you trying to force open the door at Imagine Labs at Fermanagh College. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a picture of you running down the halls in the IT lab. And there's a big front page headline above all of these pictures that says, Two Hughes Fake News. (gasps) Local con artists adopt journalistic cover identity to break into Firmament's most important buildings. 
And below this spread, there is uh, a tip line that says, if you see Alvin or Sarah Hughes, please contact the Firmament Police Department immediately. Oh, shit. Um, well, silver lining, um, it does make it sound like we were successful. So, you know, there's some respect there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It said we, they're telling everyone that we broke into these places. I don't think, I think we maybe did one. Kristen's here, right? At this point, everyone in the Daylight Society is present. Okay. I think Constance takes down the, he said it was an email address or was it a phone number? It was a phone number? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a tip line. A tip line. Okay. She she writes it down on a post-it note, hands it to Kristen and uh, is like, Kristen, on a scale of like five minutes to 10 minutes, how long would it take you to get this number blasted onto some subreddit that can just be goofing this phone number all day? <laughs> Leon like runs over and grabs the sticky note and is like, I'm on it. I got it. This I was born for this. Kristen, you keep working on that device. You're doing great. We're proud of you. I got it. Awesome. Uh, and he throws Flood open em. his laptop and starts punching in numbers. Flood him with terrible tips. I do look concernedly at, at Sarah because this is probably going to, I mean, I already dropped out of college, but Sarah was was signed up and had been going actively. So this is a hiccup on that. I mean, front. I'm not going to classes right now. I guess I just won't go back. <sighs> we'll get this sorted out. I lean over to Alvin and I go, Alvin. The first rule, if you are going to become a criminal, is to not get caught on this closed-circuit close television. Have you learned nothing from me? I have failed you! You have not I given have me a single you. lesson! I have failed you! First, Between mysteries, you have disappeared! <laughs> and you come back with a little snow globe or something, and that doesn't teach me jack shit about sneaking around. <laughs> I'm a failure! Cheers, I'm in a bit of a meltdown right now. Okay, JR needs a bath, I think. He needs to go take a nice calming bubble bath. <laughs> Pax comes over and is like, should I get the bubble bath? Would that be helpful? I unlock the cabinet with the bath bombs. <laughs> you can pick Leon anyone. from his computer is like hammering away at the keyboard and looks up and says, they already know where we are. They, like, the police know where to find you, Alvin. Yeah, we are in pretty close contact with them. And I look at Detective Galvan, like, have you heard anything about this? Has there been like an APB or? She shakes her head. No, I suspect that it's not about the police. It's about the town. Yeah. They want everyone else looking for you too. This is their way of bugging us. Yeah, pretty much. It's just a- It's a hit scare, piece. Scare work. So this is, this is the- particular brand of chaos that we have come to expect from the studio when it is housing all of the Daylight Society. Yes. Particularly in this Cold War that you have going on with the Cabal. But the day is getting on, and this is the day before the VR unveiling. So what would you all like to do? Constance, we do still have the results of your bugging of your mother's home uh, and purse. So that's definitely on the agenda. But uh, what else would you all like to do? My options are are limited because I can't just go somewhere without being noticed. I feel like I would know better what I want to do after I yeah. learn what information we can glean about it, like from bugging, you know. Maybe before we, we roll and get those questions, it might be helpful to just kind of recap ourselves. Yes. What we know at this point, which can inform those mm-hmm. questions, so... We know who the Cabal consists of, Stony, Chamberlain, Jorgen, Eklund, Magda, and Augie Vall. We know that they want to bring magic back by breaking the seal. We know that Jim Moriarty is the pro tem mayor somehow. Do we as characters know about Prairie's participation and everything? Or that was still just prologue because I didn't get no, anything you do. from the mayor. We do? In one of the Daylight Society's uh, spy games questions. Uh, right. From Jorgen, I think we learned maybe. Yes. Yes. Prairie's also around. Yeah. You know about Prairie and the, the connection to Otherware. Mm-hmm. What do we know about the plan around this unveiling? I don't think we know anything else. Like, we don't know the agenda or schedule. Yeah. We know the time that the whole thing happens. 
Yeah, we know the public information about the event, and yeah. we know the like high level goals of the cabal, but we have no idea how this event helps with their high level goals, right? Yes, there Correct. is two other things that we know that is worth stating because it might lead us to some other options outside of just stealing it, which we should definitely still do. But one, we know that for whatever reason, Augival cannot do this alone. And they all seem busy tomorrow. Yeah. Like very busy. So they all have a part to play. Yes. They're which, not just like, I'm busy watching. <laughs> yeah. Which means that maybe if we can pick off the weakest link, they can't do anything because they need all the people involved. The other thing we know for certain is they have identified us as a threat because they're putting a lot of energy into getting rid of us, which means that we stand a chance to ruin it for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't spend the time. Yeah, there is something we can do that would make their day yes. go wrong. So we just got to figure out what that is. Yeah, so their plan is not foolproof if they need us to not mess it up. I think it's useful, like, I would like to get the information from Constance's bugging trip to see how well that turned out. Obviously, we got to plan the heist, and I've got some ideas for that. And that's, kind of, like, that is my plan. The stickler for me is all we know about this event is the public information that it is an unveiling of some VR tech. We know a headset exists. We know that they've publicly said it is an unveiling of the headset. So we probably also can guess that it is absolutely not an important thing that they're going to hold up in front of everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so not like, what the... is what is this event doing for them? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's the need to have <sighs> a lot of people there to like draw energy they're from in using some way. It as a draw. Yeah, it's a draw. In which case we should be diverting people away from it. Right. That I don't know. It's like um, maybe. less of a heist and more of a like. Just fucking ruin the whole thing. I mean, we know that they want to bring magic back and break the seal, but we have no idea how this headset that all we know about that so far is that it has a connection to the plane of memory. From the information we know about how the seal was made, there's not a huge connection there. Yeah. Like we know Anansi was there when the seal was made, but that's one of five points that made the seal. But we don't know anything about how to break. Like we have lore about how the seal was made. We don't really have any information on how it might be unmade. Mm -hmm. Even if the heist goes off perfectly, if that actually doesn't stop whatever it is that they're doing to do the seal stuff... I would want to have a plan B in place, which probably means researching how you break the seal. Yeah, I even research so, that. So, <laughs> I mean, that to me either is like looking through the books so I can research that in the lore library or try to see if my boonie knows anything about it. I mean, I've got a connection somewhat with Morgan Le Fay, but I only talked to her when I got to the center of Otherware, which oh, it's not going to happen. Not with that <laughs> attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone see a door of hands? I mean, you do know how to get back to Otherware if you want to go. That's I guess true. that's true. That's true. And you have Mr. Blue. Have Mr. Blue. Could take a day trip. <laughs> yeah, a long layover. It's kind of an interesting idea for Alvin, because Alvin can't do a whole lot here on here on Earth. So it's potentially worthwhile for Alvin and Mr. Blue to kind of sneak back into Otherware and see if we can contact more. We know Prairie, who's the primary antagonist we encountered there is not there. Yeah. So that's helpful somewhat. My batting average is higher in Otherware as well. <laughs> <laughs> you killed it in Otherware. It's kind of my zone, you know? I mean, that makes sense in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I guess I'll talk to Mr. Blue about it. So I, I think that can be done independent of, mm -hmm. uh, it does not have to wait sure. time-wise. Yeah. 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 Okay, so it sounds like we're going to go ahead and get started with Constance and your wiretapping. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and give me a roll to investigate a mystery? Oh, good fucking God. Well, that's uh -oh. a seven, but that's with two twos. Oof. Thank God for plus three. I think what happens, Constance, is it's, this is not so much a reflection on you or your work as it is <laughs> your mother is incredibly cautious. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. She hasn't discovered your listening devices or anything. She just... Like, as you listen in on her and her conversations, she's incredibly careful and meticulous. And so you just do not get all of the information that you were hoping for. But you do get to hold one, and you have access <laughs> to the Spy Games questions. It would be nice to know a little more about what is, like, literally going to happen tomorrow. Like a schedule. <laughs> um, uh -huh. 
there's a part of me that is concerned that the whole headset debacle is just a distraction so that they can be just down in the basement of the lab with nobody from the lab paying attention because the people who are going to be most interested in the headset are going to be people that work at the lab. So what should I be on the lookout for? Constance, I think you hear one side of a very short, very terse conversation between Magdalena and who I think you can only assume is Augie Vall. I don't think she ever says his name, but based on the tenor and the content of the conversation, I think that's your takeaway. And you hear her say, we agreed that we wouldn't talk on the... Yes, I'm sure it's working. Yes, I know the other two are lined up and I am responsible for the third. It is working. Because I can feel the connection. Yes, we will be able to access the hereafter. Just trust me. Fine. We'll talk soon. Goodbye. Access the hereafter, huh? So she's responsible for the third, and she can feel that it's working. We know there's Earth and then three other planes. There's other where the plane of memory and the hereafter. Mm-hmm. They want to, like, connecting all three to bust the... Jeez, oh, okay. My read is that they probably need to connect to all of them at the same time, so I bet they're going to use the headset to connect to the plane of memory. And they have Prairie to connect to Everywhere. Ever- uh, oh, God. Otherwhere. Thank you, Otherwhere. My brain. Everywhere. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. And now they're going to use Magdalena to connect to the hereafter. And I bet they need all of them. Okay, so we have to kidnap your mother. But also the headset then is in play. Here's the thing that I'm running into. Because, like, I don't want to spend a ton of time investing on, like, how to pull off this heist if we don't think it's going to be useful. The other option is we plan the heist. The heist is the distraction. And the actual thing that we're doing is sneaking somebody into the lab. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, look at these dunderheads, like, stealing the fucking headset. It's a joke headset. What a bunch of ding-dongs. And then, like... Where's JR? Yeah. Hannah, I don't want you to feel like you're pigeonholed into doing a heist if it no longer is what you want to do slash makes sense. I think doing it so that I can then sneak in as an act of misdirection is useful. But especially since we figured out that, like, you know, Mama didn't raise no fools of the cabal, in theory. They're not going to put their shiniest trinket right out there for, like, me Mm -hmm. to go yoink and waltz off into the sunset. Fake heist. Yeah. So if they know that we know. If they know. <laughs> or that, rather, if they know that we're, we're onto them and want to proactively plan against our moves, the two things that they know that we know is we know about Otherware and how to get there and that we know about the headset and the plane of memory and that that has opened up and that Augie Ball was there because they saw us see that. The thing they don't know is that we know about your mom and the hereafter. Thoughts on on how we use this information for our benefit? Does your boonie have any childhood memories of your mom that would have a clue? (laughs) So what what I'm thinking, I was going to go research the seal stuff. I'm definitely thinking I'm going to use my past lives and talk to my boonie. And Mm -hmm. warn her! Warn her! Warn her to stay away from anything! Just stay put! That would be interesting (laughs) to see if you can actually like... yeah. Can you talk to her? Converse with your boonie. Yeah. <gasps> because previously you've just seen images, Maybe. like oh memories of your boonie. I got an idea. I guess idea. it's kind of the past life move. I got yeah. an idea. Maybe I can give you like a magical boost. Ooh. Okay. Boonie boost. JR, how do you feel about me approaching Mr. Blue about how to get to the hereafter and volunteering your magic services to help get me there? Yeah. Being like, JR can help me. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. I can give you a little bit of a magical boost. We can see what happens. Pax is here. Their magic seems to take a lot longer than mine, but I don't know. Maybe we could tap them like a magical battery. (laughs) Just have a plug in port, you know? Pax looks mildly concerned when I say this aloud. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just take a little nap. You're going to be fine. It's totally fine. Just need a little little bit. Okay, so to summarize, Constance, you and JR are going to try to do a boonie boost and (laughs) have like a a convo uh, about the hereafter. Mm -hmm. And Alvin, you are going to talk to Mr. Blue about making a journey back to Otherware. Yeah. So as the Daylight Society is gearing up for day two, 
I think most folks are are still listening in on the various bugs they've put down on members of the cabal. But Mr. Blue and Georgiana, I think, are just off in a corner having a quiet conversation. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Blue, uh, Ms. Rodescu. Yes. Hello, Alvin. Uh, we are in a bit of a conundrum here. We know that this cabal, as we've chosen to call them, is trying to break the seal of magic. We have a little bit of information about how the seal was created, but we don't know anything about what the steps might be to break the seal. And this might not be something that anybody wrote down because why would you do that? The person that I know that knows the most about this seal stuff is Morgana Le Fay in the center of Otherware in Avalon. Yes. So I was curious if you wouldn't mind taking me to the mall. And by the mall, I mean otherwhere. Uh, <laughs> do you think it's possible we can get back there and talk with her? Possible, yes. I don't suppose you have any encyclopedic knowledge on seal magic. I am afraid not. I was not present for the foraging of the seals and young by kindred standard. The knowledge was kept intentionally close. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess the question I have is last time we went there, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants and navigating ourselves. But as a resident of Otherware, do you think that you could help me take the direct route and go straight there? Or would we still have to kind of travel the theaters a couple times to find our way? We would have to go through at least one. The center of Otherware, Avalon, is sealed away. There's no direct link between mundane Earth and that theater for this exact reason. But right. yes, I could get us there relatively quickly. Are you in trouble in Otherware for leaving? Are there like Almost certainly, wanted yes. posters? Okay. Probably my face would be recognized if I wasn't wearing a mask. You would be recognized immediately. Great, great. So, particularly dangerous. Cool. Yes, this will not be a stealth mission. This will be a speed run. Speed run. As I have I learned like, from your YouTubes. I like <laughs> what you're saying more and more. Not a stealth run is a-okay with me. Speed is more my speed. <laughs> well, it will be risky, but I can see the rewards clearly. Well, I suppose I'll do a little prep and get ready when, when I can. I think JR wanted to have a chat with you jr and constance had a, had a question before we go okay constance jr hey. yeah uncle yeah. blue what's up <laughs> I, please don't we, call me that we, i know that you keep saying that but i think you're gonna come around as far as i'm concerned you're an honorary uncle you don't have to show up for anything with any kind of family gift or anything anyway constance how may i help you yeah <laughs> our conversations tend to flow this way huh okay Georgiana's I... laughing in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Georgiana, I think, has put me up to calling him Uncle Blue because she oh, yeah, thinks 100%. it's very funny. Yeah. So I would like to supercharge myself. I have this weird thing where I can see memories of my booty and I kind of glean helpful information. I would kind of like to supercharge this, a, a booty boost, if you will, so that I can actually communicate with her in the hereafter. So... I guess I'm asking, is that possible? And also, what, what's the like Wikipedia article on the hereafter? <laughs> yeah, maybe one step back of what is the hereafter. Yeah, you know, both things really. Your human Wikipedia does not have an entry on the hereafter. I checked. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm, it is, I'm speaking in metaphor. Here. It is impressive. A decent replica of the plane of memory, but not sufficient. You know, you should you should consider donating to them because um, they they sure could use the help, and and I'm sure they would appreciate that comment if they knew what the plane of memory was. Your human money is a social construct that means nothing. Boy, you'd fit in real well in a college classroom, and I agree. Uh, but you would like yes. to know about the hereafter. Yes, that is what I'm getting at. The hereafter is one of the three alternate realities that were forged back in the early years of humans' interaction with magic. You are familiar with the other two, of course. Otherware, forged by humans' agreements with kindred. The plane of memory, forged by humans' desire not to forget. And the hereafter, forged out of humans' desire to avoid death. 
The notion mm-hmm. of an afterlife, as far as I understand it, exists across most human cultures, not all, but many. And that collective interest spurred magic to take the form of the hereafter. When you humans die, your soul crosses over into that plane. It is typically a one-way journey, although, as you know, some spirits remain on Earth after their corporeal passing. Are you confirming that ghosts exist? I was say, so we're talking about ghosts. Yes. We're talking about some ooh, spooky, spooky ghosts. Well, way to bury a lead there. I know it's not important right now, but we'll talk uh, about one this. One time, I was in this old house in New England, <laughs> and I could have sworn there was a ghost. But like, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. Like, who believes in ghosts? Ghosts aren't real. Ghosts aren't real. <gasps> but there were ghosts. Oh my god, it was a ghost. This is very exciting. Uh, what else? What else is real? Um. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I do hate to be a a damp blanket, a moist blanket, a wet blanket. There we go. I do hate to be a a wet blanket, but there are effectively no ghosts left. Oh. Without the presence of magic, the spirit cannot reside outside Mm -hmm. a corporeal form unless it passes on to the hereafter where it is safe. Oh. A spirit, a ghost, as you say, that remains on mundane earth will wither and eventually wink out of existence entirely without magic. Those few spirits, undead, that you will encounter on mundane Earth claim corporeal forms, of which you are very familiar, I believe. Mm-hmm. Vampires, Strigoi, yes. Verkalakis, ah. zombies. Mm-hmm. They can only survive yeah. by possessing a body and consuming other humans and their magic. Okay. But not those that go to the hereafter. Despite the majority of magic being sealed away, the hereafter was kept intact. It has enough magic there to sustain its denizens. So, question, what would happen if the seals were broken? Then would ghosts be able to just hang out with us? Yes. Without withering away? Yes. Mm. Provided they had a material reason to stay. To continue their existence, a purpose. I mean, yeah. Look, I think we're getting got a, a podcast a, these days. Everyone's got a purpose. It's a fine. bit far afield. Do we want to talk about how we can go visit the ghosts? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Just... To your second question. <laughs> yeah. So how do, how do we communicate slash visit without having it be a one way trip? You can't. Okay. As far as I am aware. I think Constance kind of like sits and thinks about how maybe one of the motivations for her mom was to bring her sister and her mother back. And now her sister's back anyway, but her mother is still there. And she like looks down at her tattoo and remembers the memory in the plane of memory and is like, I got this with my boonie, who's the only person that I seem to be able to contact in the hereafter. Is there anything I could do with this? Is there any way I could actually talk to her instead of just seeing what she sees if I can't physically visit? If you possess this ability, I suppose it is possible that you could communicate directly with your boonie. You would need to find a way to strengthen the connection, to amplify the signal, to bridge the gap between this plane and the hereafter. I mean, that sounds like a boost if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. Thanks, Kunkel. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions or Alvin, are you prepared? Yeah, Alvin's made himself a PB&J sandwich while you've asked your questions. I was thinking about maybe asking Sarah, but if this is just a speed run, then the fewer the better. Okay, so it's just going to be you and Mr. Blue? Hmm. I'm tempted to see if she wants to go because of how Alvin felt when he was there. And Sarah's brought up these thoughts and feelings of missing something and feeling a connection with magic as well. So I think maybe Alvin does offer. So while they were questioning Mr. Blue, I was in the kitchen making my PB&J and talking to Sarah. Hey, Bear Cub. Um, Taking another trip to Otherware, that place I went and was kind of gone for a while. It's got a lot of interesting stuff there. Kind of some answers to what I'm I'm looking for some answers to to what we're okay. Yeah, let's go. I'd say you'd have to keep up, but I know you're fast. (laughs) This is a uh, we got to get in, find out what we need to know. And we got to get out because they know our faces in there and we won't go unnoticed. So we just got to get in and out as fast as we can. Not going to be stuck investigating the mayor's office again. Sounds great. Listen, well, okay, kind of a little bit. 
it's not dissimilar, except the mayor's a friend this time. So we have a better chance. And the mayor's office is uh, another dimension. It's another dimension, yeah. Full of magic and wonder and excitement. Full of magic and wonder and excitement and unpredictability. Yeah, sounds great. Let's go. Okay. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 54 of Monster Hour, where the real monster is the plans we made along the way. That joke will make sense about 20 minutes further into the episode. Just you wait. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping us spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and by boosting your signal into the afterlife to help us expand our ghost audience. Those rating and reviews help us appear in recommendation sections and make it easier for new folks to find the show, and word of mouth really is the best advertising for indie podcasts like us. I also want to give a special shout out to our latest Patreon supporters, Mr. Ray, Steven, Reyna, and Jack Skitzes. And to Laura and Loxley, who bumped up their pledges after our announcement last week. Thanks to these wonderful folks, we are already more than halfway towards our new goal of being able to hire an editor to help with production of the show once my little monster arrives in November. This is fantastic news, and we are incredibly grateful to everyone for your support. And hey, if you're still on the fence thinking, well, what's in it for me? First of all, it's very selfish. Shame on you. And second, besides our immense gratitude, you also get access to a boatload of cool swag and bonus content like the blooper reel for Arc 6 that went up last week. 12 minutes of curated goofs from thwarted mutinies to terrible puns and everything in between. If you're not already a patron, you can join us by heading over to patreon.com slash monster hour or by clicking the link in the show notes. Our spooky spotlight this week is Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High, a masterfully produced Monster of the Week actual play with a sci-fi bent that I am freaking loving right now. You gotta go check it out. There are, in our world... Certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead, under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because I don't blink, so... Oh my god. The monstrous. (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 55 of Monster Hour on August 3rd. See you then. Alvin. You and Sarah and Mr. Blue are headed back to Otherware, specifically with hopes of returning to speak with Morgana to learn more about the seals. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it will go better than last time, given that you now have a guide in the form of Mr. Blue, but that is where you are headed. Yes. Are we able to just summon the hand door in the in the apartment, or do we have to go to the moonscape? <laughs> no, you do need to go to the to the moonscape. Mister Blue mm-hmm. explains that there are certain gates that are are set up between mundane Earth and Otherware, and mm-hmm. one of them is located in the moonscape. You know where to choose them. <laughs> so the three of you head out to the moonscape. You make your way through the rugged terrain to the sunken valley, where you know the door of hands to be. And probably to all three of you's surprise, it is open when you arrive. Mm. None of the hands are there, although as you get close, they begin to extend outward, but the window is just standing open. It's maybe surprising a little bit, but my assumption is this is some prairie bullshit. (laughs) 
He just left the door open. He seems like, yeah, he seems like a forgetful kind of kindred. It's possible he left it open, although I suspect it's more likely it's being held open for some purpose. Perhaps we can learn more while we're there. Are you too prepared? Alvin pats his pockets and realizes that he doesn't really carry anything with him anyways. <laughs> and so it just gives like two thumbs up. Yeah, let's do it. All right. And Mr. Blue faces the door of hands, dozens now extended outwards. And he looks carefully and pushing several aside, grabs one hand <laughs> in particular. That's a very good image. <laughs> with like dozens of hands reaching out and Mr. Blue just like, mm, slap, 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 slap. Hello. <laughs> And he grabs one in particular and holds out his hand to the two of you. Yeah, I, I grab Sarah's hand and then grab his. This one owes me a favor. Hang on. And as the two of you take his hand, he gives a pull and all three of you are dragged into otherware. As you step through the doorway, you find yourself standing on the stoop of an old brownstone. In front of you is a city street. There are people walking down the sidewalks, bikes weaving in and out of traffic on the street, birds sitting on the power lines, and buildings left, right, ahead, and behind you, rising up into the sky as the sun streams down overhead. Mr. Blue dusts himself off and looks at the two of you and says, Stay close. I know it looks normal, but the city could be anything at this point. And he leads you down through a, a network of streets. It's a, a bustling and energetic atmosphere. This whole place seems to be alive and thrumming until after several turns, you arrive at a large open park nestled in between the concrete jungle. While we travel, I, I reiterate to Sarah, be like, he's right, we found anything could be a kindred there. These buildings could, they, at any moment, they could kind of shift aside and there's like a big building-sized blank face behind them. The buildings could be kindred? Oh my God. Yeah, this place is wild. wild. I think Sarah is, is sort of like running uh, up and down the street. And I think Mr. Blue is like shout whispering mm -hmm. at her like, hey, stay, stay close, come on. And there's a pickup basketball game and she runs up and like grabs the basketball and dunks. And she's just yeah! like, she's just having a blast here. You can just feel it. Yeah, maybe she loves otherwear and weird kindred stuff, but also maybe Sarah should live in a city. <laughs> Both of those things can be true. <laughs> the three of you arrive at this park that's sort of tucked in. There are children playing on swing sets and jungle gyms. There are people sunbathing and listening to music. I think there's some people LARPing and playing hacky sack. Uh, and nice. in the corner, there are some chess tables. And sitting alone at one of those tables, just kind of watching everyone, is an old man. Bald hair, frail frame. And he's just kind of looking out almost vacantly as the three of you approach. Alvin, Sarah, this is head turns towards the night sky. Sky for short. Mm. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Sky. The, I bow for, <laughs> formally. The old man looks up at you and smiles faintly at your formality. It's nice to make your acquaintance, you two. Blue yonder. Word on the street is that you're a traitor. High crimes committed against the Winter Court. <laughs> the Winter Court? Yes. The seasons have changed, Blue yonder. And Mr. Blue looks unsettled by this. Alvin just kind of has a, a big smile still. <laughs> really, seasons changing. That's a normal thing for Earth, but it seems like that is some sort of intentional decision here. Uh, Sarah is playing hacky sack while this is happening. Alvin's a little tempted. <laughs> yeah. The, the adults are talking. <laughs> to be clear, Sarah is playing hacky sack, and you get the sense that kind of the way you discovered how to bend the rules she is picking up on mm -hmm. that as well and so she's doing like yeah. backflips and acrobatic maneuvers uh, with this crowd who are getting increasingly sort of mm -hmm. in awe of her oh yeah i'm pretty proud that she's <laughs> she's always been a fast learner and mr blue in response to you says the court of otherware is its governing body 
uh, seasons change means new leadership and new direction. The summer court had ruled for hundreds of years. There has been talk amongst the kindred in recent years, some discontent with the direction of the kingdom, but I did not think a season's change was approaching. We skipped one, too. Yes. Winter is a time of discontent. Sky, and the old man looks at him. Do you still regret the things you have done? The choices you've made? The part you played in getting us to this moment? And Sky looks away and just kind of stares off into the city for a little while. And then, without looking back, nods. Then help me make it right. I know you have a door to Avalon. Let us through so that we can speak to Morgana. It's okay. We're old. We're old friends. Sky looks at you and they regard you somewhat quizzically when you say this. I heard about you too. Your incursion. The likes of which our realm has never seen. They say that you made it all the way to the misty repose. They say that's why you're a threat. Why the season's change had to come. But I say, if you made it that far, and nothing bad happened, and you're still alive to tell the tale, then... Perhaps you and Morgana are old friends. I'll admit, we initially came here with dubious instructions, but once we discovered the true nature of who sent us and why we were, why we were here, we worked diligently to right the wrongs. Very well. I will open the door, but you will find it guarded. And there I can be no help. Best of luck. And he gets up and walks out of the park into the street. And as he does, all of the cars and trucks and semis and bicycles stop around him. And at the center of this large street, he grabs hold of a manhole cover and in defiance of his old frame, wrenches it off and throws it across the street. I could do that. I could do that. And he and Mr. Blue shake hands, nod solemnly to one another, and Mr. Blue leaps into the manhole. Sky, thank you. Done a good job with the place. This theater's nice. Thank you. I'll nod to Sarah and follow her. Yeah, she leaps in. I think she swan dives in. Oh, I can't let that stand. I can't. I gotta one up, one up that. So I'll go for the the running backflip. But I think right before he does the leap, there's some a loose pebble or something, and he slips and kind of slides and just lands face first right in front of the manhole cover, uh, and just kind of pulls himself in from there. And you hear Sky's laughter as you disappear beneath the street. <laughs> The three of you land, Mr. Blue and Sarah gracefully, you, perhaps less so, on the shores (laughs) of Avalon, waves lapping at your feet. The first thing that you realize is that it is cold, Mm -hmm. and around you, you can see there's a soft blanket of downy snow, pristine and white, covering the ground. Like last time, the mist parts up ahead, making way for your arrival. And you can see that the entire glade is covered in this blanket of frost. Mm -hmm. It makes the Registrum stand out all the more, along with the seafoam armor of the Green Knight resting beside it. Behind that, you see the copse of trees, the glade. Most of them have lost their leaves, although they look stouter and stronger than before. Boughs thickened and knotted all except for the sycamore, still covered in green leaves, just as it was last time when you saw it. Mm. One other thing greets you. Mm -hmm. A figure, a woman, standing next to the sycamore. She's adorned in a flowing white gown that is decorated with 
sparkling sapphires and gilded with silver. And as the three of you enter, she glances up, takes a step forward, and calls out, We had a feeling that you might return, Blue Yonder. You and your newfound friends. We're not here for the Registrum, if that's your worry. (laughs) My dear, I'm not worried. Seasons changed, Blue Yonder. We have been preparing for your arrival. If you've been preparing for our arrival for so long, you're worried about something. Why change hundreds of years of management? Because it's not working. The time of cowering here in our little pittance of a world dependent on you and your kin, beholden to whatever fantasies that you all dream up, that time is over. Pittance is a strange word for a world that you can create in whatever likeness you would like. (laughs) Whatever we like. This world is whatever you like. Whatever you humans dream up. We live within those confines here. feel a little bad telling Sky he did a good job. (laughs) Well, what would you dream, Sapphire Lady? Moon. Morning star of the new moon. Oh, okay. You'll see soon enough. Well, we've got time. We can chat. (laughs) We are going to be free. Well, that sounds nice for you all, but I'm calling on a friend here. They didn't leave a calling card, so we have to come over and check on them, make sure everything's okay. Yes, back to speak to Morgana again? I think not. Well, I mean, she can come here to talk to us if, if she'd like. That won't be happening. Mr. Blue, I see you have returned for your trial for high crimes against the court. You, this is your second transgression Mm -hmm. into our realm, and you have brought a guest. The two of you are charged with trespass on our most sacred ground. You also will stand trial. Do you submit willingly, or are we going to do this the fun way? Uh, I don't know, Sarah. Are we going to go to jail? She smiles, and a row of razor-sharp teeth emerge. Yeah, my claws are growing. Very well. And immediately the Green Knight begins to assemble, the armor raised up by roots, and the helm alight with two glowing blue-white eyes. Oh, that's different. What did you do to my friend? Everything changes with the season. Blue Yonder should have told you. He had a name. (laughs) Gawain! The Green Knight hefts the axe overhead and starts moving towards you, and as it does, Moon raises up her hands and a torrent of snow begins to swirl around the three of you, reaching almost whiteout conditions. You can barely see Sarah and Mr. Blue to your left and to your right. What do you do? Mm -hmm. I think the only thing Alvin can do is just kind of confirm the plan in his head with Blue if he can. Straight for the tree, is that right? Yes, I'll take Moon. Sarah, can you hold off the Green Knight? And Sarah roars as she drops to all fours, claws extending, fangs springing forth from her protruding jaw, hair erupting all over her body, her frame thickening as she transforms into a massive mammoth grizzly bear and charges forward towards the Green Knight. Oh, that's my girl. There's a slight pause as Alvin just like, mouth agape, just like, That's so cool. My sister's so awesome. Oh, I've got a job. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's not going to full coyote out for this because having arms may be helpful, but it's kind of a parkour sort of effort to try to weave a path through the little skirmish and around the trees to get to the sycamore, I think. Yeah, give me a roll to act under pressure. 11. Alvin, what does it look like as you navigate this battlefield to reach the sycamore? I think Alvin gets to do something in a battle for the first time ever, which is follow behind in a manner to conceal his location. So as Sarah transforms into this grizzly bear and charges the green knight, Alvin takes the moment first to take in how fucking kick-ass it is, (laughs) and then kind of speeds up behind Sarah, and as Sarah the bear collides with the green knight, Alvin takes a couple steps up her back, clearing (laughs) the green knight to get behind the enemy lines. 
that's fucking rad as hell. So Sarah and the Green Knight collide, and I think we get this shot of you running up her back, planting a foot on one of her shoulders and leaping over. As the two of them trade blows, you clear this blizzard, and before Moon realizes what you have done, what you are doing, she gets body checked by yeah. Mr. Blue and the John Cena. <laughs> da -na -da -da -na. And this swirl of snow all around you drops to the ground as her concentration is sort of disrupted. You reach the sycamore tree, place your hand upon it, and everything fades away. <sighs> JR and Constance. Yes. The two of you are going to do the boonie boost. You're going to attempt to strengthen Constance's connection with her boonie so that Constance and her boonie can have a actual conversation instead of just these sort of memory flashes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Combining Mr. Blue's suggestion with a little bit of research and trial and error, I think you're able to come up with an idea for how this uh, will hopefully work. Mechanically, this is going to be, perhaps unsurprisingly, big magic. Uh, and it is going to be big magic paired with past lives. Woo! So, drawing from the list of big magic requirements, you're going to have to use magic. Uh, you're mm -hmm. also going to have to use past lives, so both of you are going to need to roll. Okay. Yep. There is going to be a specific side effect or danger, which you're not going to know in advance. Uh, there's actually going to be a couple. Ooh. They may come up. They may not, depending on how this goes. But there is a specific side effect or danger that you are very aware of because it is integral to how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Constance has to die. <laughs> yes! Like, oh, you know Constance has to be to legally oh! dead. Yes. Right, dead, and then the magic has to bring you back. Oh. Magic paddles, like, however you do it, but, like, you oh, must be, like, yes. dead or on the brink of sick. death. This is fucking dope, Quinn. I fucking yes. dig it. I dig it. This is great. I, Constance, <laughs> this is, like, right up. Man, you get your death wish, and you get to eat your cake, too. Yes! <laughs> This is obviously a uh, very significant danger, but it is the only way that you and Mr. Blue and JR and Pax have devised to make this plan work. Yeah, that sounds about as rudimentary as, uh, as this team would get to. Like, well, if you have to be dead to get there, I guess we're just going to have to make you dead and then figure it out. Just so, a little dead I for think a little bit. One yes. of the other options under Big Magic is you spend a lot of time, days or weeks, researching. I think if you had time, <laughs> you might have come up with a more elegant solution, but given the time constraints, this is the only option. All right, let's do it. So what does this setup look like? How are you arranged and like how is what's the plan for bringing you back? I, I would like to pick the item that you're using to magically bring me back to life. I would like you to be using the stun gun that Constance just has in her purse at all times. If you can oh, your weapon magicify from your character it. sheet. Yeah. From, from the Strigoi adventure, I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can just somehow use that to zap me back to life. And maybe we can say Constance has read a bunch of anatomy books and this is a good idea to follow that gives oh, a plus one. Yes. Apparently, the place that you should be tasing, this is not true or good medical information, the place that you should be tasing me to bring me back to life is over my right shoulder. <laughs> I don't think that is actually medically true, but I will give you an often right. And, you know, like, try to make it look cool when you do it so that the, the mark it leaves is cool. I'm just saying. Cecilia is standing next to you all, just shaking her head, saying, <laughs> as a medical professional, yes, I just have to advise that this is not the best way to resuscitate someone. I would be happy to help. Oh, you take a rest. You've done enough. We got this. Don't worry. <laughs> she sits down in a chair just like next to you all and just watches. And <laughs> just gets her bag out. Look, she, she's, no, she's got her she's bag here, like right there. She's here. Right. She's here as backup. It's good to have. Yeah. More to have medical backup. But like, okay. All right, Cecilia. Things go wrong. I'm going to want you to come in and pinch it. But um, Quinn, how do we make sure she comes back? So procedurally, the way this will work is- you and Pax working together will stop Constance's heart. Okay. And she will die. You will roll to use magic to support the boost, uh, and then Constance will roll past lives. Okay. Uh, and then you all will need to uh, resuscitate her once that is done. Okay. Which will be an act under pressure for first aid. And you will have a plus one to that. Yes. Right. Okay. I think Pax looks at you all and says, are we prepared? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
can we just say this is a wild plan that we just came up with two thirds of the way yeah. through an episode? It is wild and it is super fucking metal. Like I, I love it. I, I'm sitting there going like, Jar is thinking, I'm about to kill. Not only is it really difficult, but like mentally difficult is that Jar has never had very many friends because she didn't need them. Mm -hmm. And now she has Mm -hmm. come here and she has made a lot of friends and some very interesting enemies. And she is about to slow the heart down of one of her friends until she is dead so that hopefully she can communicate with her grandmother and she can bring her back. Like, this is a lot for Jr. to handle. And Jr. super appreciate, like, Constance, like... I'm just nodding, and that's all I can really mm-hmm. do right now, because I, I don't want to turn this into a whole, like, everybody gets to make a speech before you die. We no, do not have course. the time. And then Constance, to to lighten the mood and knowing that JR acts better when there's at least one joke thrown in there, yeah, she hands you her keys <laughs> and goes, and by the way, y'all, if this doesn't work and tomorrow goes the way they want planned, I'm coming back as a ghost and you're never getting rid of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do this. Okay. Constance, you lay back in the bed. JR takes one hand. Pax takes the other. And you feel a numbness start to emanate from your hands through your body until you can't feel anything. You start to feel tired. Your eyelids are heavier and heavier and heavier until you can't keep them open and you slip into unconsciousness. Mark all seven of your harm boxes. (laughs) JR? Yep. Constance is dead. Go ahead and give me a roll to use magic. All right. To observe another place or time. That's a nine. On a seven to nine, there is a glitch. I'll take one harm, ignore armor. What does this look like? This is something that's not visible to anybody else in the room, except for me and LeMond, because we're the ones who are, like, giving her the boost. As best as I can describe, it's some kind of shared vision, and both of us know that we are seeing the same thing, but it's not. It's in our minds. It's theater of the mind. The image that you see is an unending wall of silver, as far as the eye can see in either direction, and taller than you can make out, and at the center of it, an ornate silver gate. And in front of that gate are two silhouettes that you can't quite make out. Constance, give me a roll past lives. Oh my god. Oh my god, you guys. Oh my god. That's a five. Oh what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? How did you roll I a five? I rolled a one five? and a three. How did folks? you roll a five? Ooh. This is how you know that Ouch. we don't fake our rolls, because I would have absolutely faked this one. Oh my god. Uh, one mm. luck point. You have that one luck point. I think I gotta do it. Okay. You are now doomed. Bring it. But when you use luck, you succeed as if you had rolled a 12 plus. I think what we'll do is you can save those questions and use them sort of in conversation. Okay. Constance, after an indeterminate amount of time, you are awake again. Not in your bed, but rather standing outside an enormous gate wrought of pure silver, sparkling in the light the source of which you cannot identify. As far as you can see, to the left and to the right, a wall of shimmering silver light extends outward. The only thing standing between you and this gate is your boonie. She looks just like the night that you and her went to go get tattoos. I run up and try to give her a big hug. You throw your arms around her, and you don't feel corporeal. Uh, You personally, and she also, as you wrap your arms around her, don't feel corporeal, but in your head, it feels like a hug. Mm Mm-hmm. Constance, what are you doing here, my dear? Don't worry, I'm not going to stay. I'm here on purpose to speak to you. You're okay, my dear? Well, 
I mean, I'm dead, but I will be okay, I promise. And I give her like a devilish grin because I know, you know, she's got that dark sense of humor. I'm I'm trying to disarm her a little bit so she's not so worried. You are safe back down on, on Earth? I hold her hand and I go, I am in very, very good hands. If you only knew the friends that I have today, you would be so very happy for me. That is wonderful, my, my dear. I, I get little bits every once in a while. I can see little snippets. It's so difficult trying to reach you from so far away. I know. And I like turn my hand that has the tattoo and I like, I rub it a little bit and I go like, but uh, I'm thankful every day that you made sure that we could keep our bond intact. I don't know how you did it, but I suspect it was your doing. Yes, of course, dear. I wasn't going to let you gallivant around the world without some form of protection, some guidance. Your mother was not going to give it to you, so I had to. Oh, my mother. Um, well, thank you. It, it's meant more than you could possibly know, and it has absolutely kept me safe. That your studio, your books, the connection with you... I, I, Dear, this is, my... I appreciate the kind words, but why are you here? This can't be, I trust that you have taken all precautions, but this cannot be safe. What do you need? I don't want to lie to you, so I will say that I am as safe as possible. But yes, this is a very dangerous choice. So I'm hoping that there is something you can tell me to help me. Because we are in the thick of a war right now. And tomorrow may be the end of Earth the way that we know it. Okay, I'm going to lay it out. Number one, I found Georgiana and she is okay and she is on Earth with me. I wanted you to know that. She smiles. Or maybe you already knew that. Just a big, broad (laughs) smile. The moment that the two of you touched, I knew that you had found her. Oh, I suspected as much. Well, she's, um, she is very much your daughter. (laughs) And uh, we have a lot of fun together. Also, she has a boyfriend from another dimension, and um, he's it's very cute. They're very happy. I don't know if you sense that, too. I don't know what your connection with Kindred are, but um, she's doing really well. She's adjusting back Constance, to life dear. on Earth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. Yes, yes, I right. Sorry, I get sure distracted you are, very easily. I am quite sure that you are actually dead right now. Yeah, I was going to say, completely horrifying to me, my dear. I know, I'm sorry. It's just, I don't, I never get to catch up with you. Anyway, okay, all right. I know, my dear. Number two, number (laughs) two. This is the five on the dice. (laughs) Yes, number two, number two (laughs) is there is a cabal of folks, including your other daughter, including my mother, who tomorrow, they are going to try to open the seals, bring magic back to Earth and control it. At which point, the hereafter Earth and other world will be changed in ways that we cannot truly imagine. My friends and I, the ones that are going to bring me back, don't know how to stop it. And we are hoping that you could give me some information on how to protect the hereafter, how to keep the seal with the hereafter, or how to just, I don't know, something that we don't know about the hereafter, about how it works. We are running out of time to defend Earth and keep the seals intact. My dear, so much of that is over my head. I don't even know about half the things that you mentioned, but you said Magdalena is involved somehow? She is. She is trying to bring back magic to Earth, probably because she thinks she can control it. I have felt another connection the past couple days further away than yours not one that I could reach out to, but still out there. Hmm. It would have to be someone who is connected like us. It could only be her. Well, I bugged her house, and her job is to connect to the hereafter, to where you are. So, yeah, that makes sense. How do I sever that connection? If it's the same as ours, if somehow she has the same tattoo, the, the anchor that binds us together, you have to ruin it there's magic bound up in it she could use that to get to here just like you did okay and Constance as she has said this you feel it too 
there's a third distant presence in the back of your mind, just like on occasion Booney is. Mm. Your mom bugged you too. I think I, I look at my Booney, I like hold both her hands and I'm like, thank you. I say this hopefully to bring you great joy that I'm sorry that this will be the last time I, I am here to see you. At least for a very for long good, time. For a while. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. We'll see. My dear, I hope for nothing more than that. As much as it fills my heart with joy to see you. Like I said before, as long as you have this, and she taps your wrist where the tattoo is, I will always be with you. That goes both ways. I know, dear. Okay. I have an existential hereafter question for her. I don't know if you can converse with other people here. I don't know how that all works. But do you get the sense that people here are happy being here? Do they want to be here? Or would they like to have the opportunity to travel back to Earth? Dear, I haven't gone in. Oh, right. You're at the gates. She's got a connection to you. Oh, you gotta let her go. Oh. She's been hanging out there just to talk to you. Booney! You're saying that you've been standing here waiting just to keep me safe? Of course, dear. Mm. Oh, Booney. And you can feel our connection from the tattoo, yes? Yes, dear. When you feel that connection break, I want you to walk through those gates. If that happens, dear, I will. But don't plan on when it, When it happens. What's one thing you can guarantee will happen with the women in this family? They're going to do what they want, regardless of what anyone else says, right? Yes. So when you feel that connection break, I hope you walk through those gates. When I feel it break, dear, I will be here to greet you. And we'll go in together. <laughs> we'll see. JR, it's been over three minutes. You know it's time. Give me a roll to act under pressure. All right, Pax, let's pull her back out. 